0: Hey everybody, this is John Schwartz Domine, and uh, welcome to the 37th episode of In the Spray Room, SOLD's podcast with some of the best and brightest artists getting up in the streets today. For our daily do- dose of online content, check us out on soldmagny.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Today's crew consists of myself, John Domine, Bite Girl, hello, and Brooklyn's own Big Ronnie.
1: Oh, tequila. Ooh.
0: Before we introduce our special guest, Big Ronnie, what do we have going on? Oh, I'm trying to get the tequila taste out of my mouth. All right.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Spray Room. This is your lubricated host, Big Ronnie.
0: We like you better that way.
1: Yeah, well, here I am. So one upcoming announcement before we get to our guest today. We are looking forward to the January 17th, 3rd Ethos anniversary terrible twos wah show coming up aren't we
2: yes we are thursday night be there
1: now you told me to look for toys that i found on the street it's obviously going to be an adolescent diaper themed event Uh, is it not
2: thank demented daycare
1: Mm, i want to see big baby jesus shorts and uh (laughs) the right outfit for that
0: yeah i would like to be there
1: Pacifier, I time, but
0: I would mm-hmm. I would wear that. I would wear a big uh, diaper with giant pacifier.
2: You'd wear anything.
0: That's true. I was I'm, inc- I'm <laughs> except
1: incorrect. long
2: pants, except trousers. Right.
1: Well, we can get uh, like diaper shorts, right? I
2: still want to know what Brad had to do to get you to wear long pants at the wedding.
0: <laughs> no, I wear I do wear pants if I have to dress up for something. But if so I, you in just my daily, never
2: think we're worth dressing up for.
0: I mean, I love you. Actually, I, 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 I show you the the normal side of myself, which means that you're very the special. lighter side. The lighter side. Yeah, we just that's what we're all about here, right?
1: That was a really abbreviated intro. You read it was I know, exceptionally I know. short.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to give shorts. The, yeah, I'm, I'm shorts.
1: All right. <laughs> oh my gosh. On, there's actually another show I want to talk about. Our buddy Mike Schulte is hosting another pop up <coughs> in one of his uh, vacant for rent apartments. The last one was a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Stella Bella was there. I was there. Uh, Turtle Cap showed up. Uh, Ted sold everything in the house. He Hecthead stole all the customers all for himself. It was fantastic. He so did tell a me about job. this.
0: It just uh, switches venues based on where there's an available apartment? Mike
1: is a real estate agent, okay. and he rents nice apartments. So when they're in between while somebody's cleaned out waiting for the next person, he throws a pop-up and invites his customers and buyers in and it's, it was a uh, it was more people than I thought they were going to be there and I, I thought it was going to be a nice show so
2: it's an interesting way to kind of have an open house and you know do something in the community at the same time so does so he
0: get any prospective uh, you know renters through that or
1: I'm not Mike Schulte actually okay. so I can't answer that question but that uh, you know let's let's ask him okay uh, because hopefully he does and if you're looking for apartments sold listeners you might want to come to the pop-up show on seven. We do not know where it is yet, but uh, a couple of artists that we know are in there, and that should be fun. So now let's move on to our guest. We have the other half of an interesting and dynamic duo. We recorded with Ramiro last week and today we are here with the much prettier than Ramiro. Oh my god. Let's just start right there. Not even Mu- not
2: even in the same ballpark. Much
1: prettier. Thank you. I mean, no beard. I mean,
0: Ramiro's a handsome guy. You guys are kind of putting him into the corner like he's some trash. The no. I got to stick up
2: for him. Yeah, well, there's 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 Ramiro and then there's me. Grace, yes, that's true. That's
1: Grace Lang. Welcome to the Hello. podcast. thank you for having me. Hello. Hi welcome there. to our home Thank you, home. Thank you for prompting the tequila. Me.
3: Thank you for sharing a shot of tequila with me to make me feel comfortable being interviewed.
1: Well, we are going to be very easy to deal with. We ask very yes. fluffy questions. Stuff I like, I like li- stuff like why do you draw what you draw? And stuff like that. But like, we'll,
3: What does it all mean?
1: But we'll get to that. Let's <laughs> let's first uh, talk about a little bit of your origin story. Oh. Okay, because okay? I like the superheroes. So cool. where, where did you get your, where did you first get your superpowers? When did we start drawing?
3: Uh, I started drawing when I was really little. Like, I think the same way most kids start making art, or many kids who are lucky enough at least, uh, start making art when they're like two and three. And um, my mom is an artist and my family loves art and really cherishes and nourishes that. So I think they decided when I was pretty little, like, oh, she's an artist. And that identity um, shaped my whole childhood, and I always just felt like an artist for forever. And I pursued costuming and sewing a lot in like high school, which prompted me to go to Parsons, thinking I was going to study costuming. Um, but one of the best teachers I ever had was like, "Look for your sketchbooks. You're not really drawing costumes. You're you're drawing illustrations. You're doing like weird comics and creatures and, and stuff like that." And So I ended up majoring in illustration at Parsons, as well as getting a a B.A. from Lang College in literary studies. I like to read a lot. Um, And after college, I worked at the Cotton Candy Machine for three years under Sean Leonard. um, And that is the now non-existent physically uh, gallery run by Sean Leonard and his partner Tara McPherson, the amazing artist. So that that was the best, the best thing to do after college, for sure.
1: Now, one of the things uh, in our pre-interview, so listeners, don't just think that we just put people on the air here. We do a pre-interview. We get into it. And during our pre-interview with Grace, she was talking about a sketchbook that she found recently that wasn't necessarily the right time in your life when you drew it.
3: Yeah. um, I think a lot of the time, because most artists, whether they keep sketchbooks or not, are constantly kind of writing things down or... Scribbling things on paper, if not in a sketchbook, at least just around somewhere. Um, and I think a lot of the time we're not ready for our ideas when they come to us. Like I often, I'm like, I'm just not. I don't think I'm a good enough painter yet to to do that the way I want to, or, or it just doesn't speak to you quite yet. And I often find things I've written or sketched in old sketchbooks that end up uh, working out now. Like I guess a good example is I found some just like kind of offhand figure uh, studies i'd done in college so they were probably like five or six years old and i used just those poses for a drawing i did not too long ago um so that's just a simple example of that kind of thing
0: i think that's where some of the magic actually is made though right where you you revisit something that you had an idea for and then you're like oh wow i'm really feeling this now and (laughs) where where your passion for it also matches up with your ability to To really bring it to life and make it best, and it's
3: all like yours, you know. When you have a visual vocabulary, everything you do, you have permission to reuse and repurpose. And that's something I have to remind myself of a lot. I'm like, just because I used this pose or it looks similar to something I did three years ago, it's like there's a reason I'm revisiting it, and I have it's mine. I can do whatever I want with it. Do you ever sketchbooks are sort of like a treasure trove of? Mm -hmm. Do you ever go back
2: and look at something and? can't believe you actually did it
3: like in a good way or
2: (laughs) in a good way yes no no no. because in a bad way of course an artist is (laughs) always gonna gonna gonna, you're always your worst critic that goes Um, without saying but do you ever go back sometimes and say i can't believe i actually did this when i was in high school or just something kind of blows your mind because you find it again
3: yeah i think so um i can't think of specific examples of like high school stuff but um since i'm still fairly new to muralism i've done like maybe 18 murals and maybe like five that i actually think are really good and show what i can do um i feel really really proud when i've completed a mural because as i'm doing it i don't think i can uh it's just very physically demanding mm-hmm. in a way that most studio work isn't so those are usually the things i look at and i actually am like just very impressed with myself for being able to do it and that's Really important as an artist is to impress yourself to combat those. Talk like about said, that for a second, <laughs>
2: because I don't think people realize. I don't think people actually realize the amount of physical work that goes into putting something on a wall. Talk about that for a second. What is the difference? Um, What's the difference between doing something on a canvas and then doing it twelve feet tall?
3: Well, I mean, just the medium is very different. Uh, using spray paint, you like you use certain muscles in your forearm that I I just don't know anywhere else where I I use them like every time I do a mural um, the first couple days I am feeling something pretty weird in my arm Um, and it's like comes up into your finger too so it's just it feels very different um, in terms of mark making and then the scale is so different I think that's what makes it very challenging because it takes effort to get up on scaffolding get up on a ladder get back down look so you have to be constantly like most artists do the stand back in their studio but it's not so hard to stand two steps back um it's a lot harder to climb down from the ladder stand back and try to imagine what's going to happen and keep that in mind as you climb back up and make sure you bring like three colors that you're going to need and it's just really <laughs> really tiring um and uh i have uh, like a bunch of metal in my spine from a surgery i had when i was a kid so physical things are extra demanding for me so for that reason it's actually way more re- rewarding now, do you
1: ever phone it in Because uh, Mitch Hedberg has got a really funny joke. It just reminds me exactly what you're talking about. Like that. He says, uh, I lay in my bed at night and think of something funny. Or if I don't have a pencil around, I have to convince myself it's not funny. So, like, (laughs) do do you look at it and, like, maybe I don't have to back back up or get down off the ladder right now. Do you you make compromises? You make
3: compromises for sure. Um,
2: Depending on the time of day and the weather. Depending on the
3: time of day, depending on how hot you are, on what hurts, um, how much paint you have left, (laughs) whether or not you got paid, (laughs) all those kinds of things. Um, You know, and like, yeah, so I think with murals, I definitely make compromises that I wouldn't if it were just a painting in my studio. Um, So it's like, yeah, everything is just different. And I think most artists that work studio and on walls have to do a certain amount of that, um, adapting.
2: So you have a very defined character and a very defined kind of character world. What is it?
3: Oh, um,
2: I mean, even uh, your name is your character in a way, correct?
3: Um, In a bit. I mean, it's just, it's me. And I think most of the, I paint mainly women or like kind of female creatures. Um, and most of them are just extensions of myself, like in, you know, inhabiting worlds I want to inhabit, or sort of creating visual manifestations of things that are really hard to <coughs> articulate, like things having to do with body image, physical pain, communication. Um, but I've always uh, been really drawn towards like fantasy literature ever since I was a child. So I think doing something in a fantasy realm came very naturally naturally to me. And once I realized that I didn't have, I wasn't particularly gifted at realism or copying things exactly as I saw them, I really pushed myself to um, focus more on the imagination element of my work. And so now I'm trying to focus a little more on technique and really uh, keep honing my craft, because I think my imagination is pretty good, pretty solid. um, But there are things I was sort of ignoring for a while. So I think that's what most artists have to do all the time, is be... Redefining their goals and, and that sort of thing.
1: Are they god the goddesses? Are they deities? They all they all seem like women of strength and power, even yeah. when they're minuscule.
3: They're all like warriors of to, of some version. Um, yeah, I think some of them are deities. I'm kind of working on now trying to um, articulate them a little more specifically because there are a few archetypes that show up, and that's something I really like about uh, being an artist is like learning about yourself through your work. Um, Like, I, when I'm reviewing my work and I realize, like, oh, I was drawing that pose a lot or that exact figure, like, what was I trying to say? Um, And for me, that's really helped me understand myself and what I'm trying to say as an artist. And I think that is what I think is so amazing about art and people, why artists are so lucky is that we have tools to understand ourselves um, beyond words. And for that reason, I want everyone to make art and I'm pretty into it.
1: It looks like a couple of your figures are in soup bowls or something similar to that. What is that about, if I I can ask?
3: I'm not sure. I just really, some things I don't really know what they mean, and I might know, like in two years. The bowls, um, the easy answer is I just have been enjoying drawing bowls, um, but I also really like soup. I like gooey things. Uh, There's nothing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I really love but that. I, I'm actually. not sure
3: what the bowl girls are saying yeah. right now. Actually, I have it written down in one of my books. Where yeah. I'm like, I am like that. What the bowl, bowl girl girls. Matters. Like, what's going on there?
0: <laughs> yeah, the one that's painted in uh, First Street. <laughs> right Garden is a bowl is, girl. Uh, yes. I think
3: it's calling that Newt Ramen. I'm like, those oh. are so clearly not noodles, but <laughs> cool. Whatever. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, that's the one right there that, uh, that yes. uh, Big Ronnie Ramen? Screen, that's so. very cute.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, now i met you the first time uh, actually quite recently um in november of 2018 uh down in mexico Mm. and uh which was a fantastic week really just i don't know i think it was just such an awesome experience there and with such amazing people um and you how how, just as as far as the practicalities first um that was a pretty big wall is that your is have you done bigger walls is that Um,
3: i did i've done one wall that was bigger than that um
0: with the same kind of materials for... Because it was pretty basic, you know, your yeah. scaffolding and that kind of thing, which... Yeah.
3: yeah um, so I did... I have done one that was like similarly hard conditions. Okay. Um, I think the other thing that made Mexico difficult was just how hot, hot. it was. And you were um, on the hot side of the bridge. you on the hot side of the bridge <laughs> and I'm fair and I burn. So it's like right. keeping that in mind. But um, mm-hmm. that was just one of the best experiences ever because it was a group... It was like 75 artists and... Um, they were all so committed to the experience, to creating something beautiful, and being there for each other. Like not a
2: diva in the mix. There was no really, ego, were,
3: I, and you kind no. of expect that when it, oh you now, do you know, because you go into art situations. Yeah, and,
2: just about every mural festival yeah, has like, one
3: exactly. Um, and it it became clear really quickly that you know it's a small town in Mexico, Acumal. We're not going to have every everyone doesn't get a ladder. You don't all get scaffolding. You're not going to get to do every single thing when you want to. And everyone seemed to recognize that right away and be down with it and um i really appreciated that it was very uplifting it made me feel good about artists as a whole yeah you know um and, and shout out to
1: erin and rena and the 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 people that coordinated that and brought
0: all the artists down there it was a really nice trip yeah no we're looking forward to uh i mean i, I don't know are you planning on going next year Yes, and absolutely. they're definitely going yeah. to be having it paint so.
3: there f- every year for the rest of my life it was so wonderful yeah, yeah.
0: Now you painted. You painted. I mean, I'm not saying just, but you painted that one big wall. Or did you do other walls I I did another I left? little oh, did. one, okay.
3: um, like a little like three foot uh, okay. babe head in the in the park. Okay. One of the last days, okay. but it was mainly the the larger one on the side of the bridge.
0: Because I know after I I left, there was still just a painting frenzy going on between yeah, you and Ramiro was, and yeah. Uh, yeah other everyone people, so. was painting every day because yeah.
3: you know there would be hours in the day where you couldn't paint because it was so hot. It was right. like, Fine, I guess I'll go to the beach yeah no it was so nice if i must (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) snorkeling it was so cool
1: so what's more interesting for you at this point if you had to focus on a run of canvas or a run of walls and spray paint
3: i really want to do more walls because um it's you just don't get chances to do them as often it's one of the art making uh, things where you need permission to do it I can go paint in my studio every day for the rest of my life, and I probably will be, hopefully, be painting until I'm 90 years old. But I don't know about walls, Um, so I and I, one of the few uh, like mediums where I see myself get better every time I do it, and I'm looking for that right now. And the only way to get better with spray paint is to do it. There's just you can watch as many videos as you want. It's practice, practice. Yeah, keep painting and get better. And painting at festivals. because that's how you really learn, watching other artists. Because if you try to recreate brush strokes with a paint can, it's not going to happen for you. You need to watch the artists who who know the tricks. Um, so that's why I want to do more festivals, for sure, and just, like, absorb other people's talent. Are so you? who are
2: some of those people that you see their work and you really want to know how they do it?
3: Um, hmm, that's hard. Uh, Well, one of the first murals I ever did um, was in... I think 2016 and um sean leonard from the cotton candy machine made it happen in williamsburg and it was when um lauren ys was in town for a show at cotton candy machine and she's an incredible painter so we collaborated and she had already been painting murals for years before that so yeah. um and her- she's also just a really a cool chick and easy yeah, to talk with super- so i felt uh, good asking her questions and standing back and watching what she did so that was a really good early experience to um learn some techniques, and it just speaks to, like, the importance of forming these art friendships yeah. uh, because it's, like, people I met through Concan Machine, Lauren, Kristen Wong, Ramiro, um people that at the time, you know, four years ago, I was like, wow, they're amazing. They can't get any better. And now it's four years later, and I'm like, it's amazing to see what all of these people have done with their careers and their work, and it's just, like, super inspiring.
0: Now, Lauren's work is actually, I mean, has a similar subject matter, I would say, to some of your, I mean, in terms of her design and her style it's totally. it's this very um not that they're the same idea entirely but but she kind of pushes the limit on this feminine She likes eyes yeah, her, yeah the eyes and, eyes and kind of this sci-fi kind of For vibe sure. yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of yeah.
3: kind of there's an asian vibe artists. she's got um, yeah yeah a, a, you know female artists who are painting these strong warriors like i mean i think a lot of us are inspired initially by tara mcpherson mm. yeah um who you know is just one of the OG uh, female artists who paints women that are vulnerable and uh, very very strong at the same time, which is like, it's just amazing. And I think I see a lot of that coming through with a lot of female artists. Like I have a friend named Bronwyn Lorelai from uh, Philadelphia who does a lot of kind of distorted, weird bodies. Um, Jennifer Calandra, who's in Brooklyn. There's just. I should have like come up with a list before this, but there's so many people who I would be proud to be like in the same category as
1: John. I don't want to say this to Grace because she might think I'm crazy or not yeah. take it the right way. But I think uh, Vanessa Alice's work is also she a little Miss Van? Van, yeah, yeah, yeah wow. a works, little, she works, a she little works similar. She works beautiful, for sure, very She's different. So She's good. another one of the like. OG I love her queen. stuff. Uh, of, of, I, of uh, I love her stuff heels. because again, it's she's never painted a woman where I said that's not a position of power. Beauty, and you always exactly. know it's her know, work. Yeah. I
3: mean, yeah. And she also has a street artist. Just did a lot. She just has like, like her men, own. So she's mm-hmm. a badass, definitely.
2: Yeah, she has a piece in Detroit that just I just melt. It's so good. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there one? Is hers still at the Coney Island walls? Or I mean, I, I, I don't know that's kind I of a default
1: thing, but I think
2: still we were I out there about two Mm-hmm. I tried to get in. I mean, it would be great walls. if she had a nice big wall in New York, but yeah. she doesn't.
3: New York, well, it's hard to keep a New York wall.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you're willing to go on yeah. a rooftop. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a few that you can keep, but that's a whole other game because you have to go high. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you I mean, us? I'm really interested in painting in like random small towns too. It's like New York's awesome. But I think that's
2: such a great idea too. Yeah, you know, and everyone deserves yeah, cool I, art. I, I town. love also when you are randomly somewhere and you turn a corner and you see something that you know is Denton Burroughs, and you're sure. like, "Oh yeah, Drip Boys." Totally. Now, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I love seeing stuff like that, or yeah. just. Well, I mean, like I we're saw not a
3: more sticker somewhere in Tokyo and was like, what? Yeah. I don't know. And of Mercedes course, was, you know, he, on the street corner, they have the
2: advantage out west when they paint the trains that you'll see the trains all over the country. Most yeah. of the paint trains painted northeast just stay here, you know, but you'll see trains by guys in San Francisco and Albuquerque and things like mm-hmm. that. So it's always fun to just be somewhere so totally yeah. random and to say, wait a For minute, sure. I know them. Yeah.
0: And you talked you talked about wanting to paint in more festivals and, and liking to paint in small towns. I mean, more and more there are all these little festivals that are happening. You know, we've got Fort what is it? Fort Smith, Arkansas. I think has a one oh that, yeah. Uh, well, that's
2: one dude, it, I guess, some billionaire or something that wanted street art and didn't want to leave his. Home. I don't know. Yeah, but, but the I mean, there's dude some that amazing did it names the, too, from like, someone yeah. that i'm trying to remember is it finn or someone told me the dude Solus, because Solus goes there every year um the guy loves his city and he didn't want to come other places to see art and he has enough money so he said i'll just freaking bring the artist to town
0: same thing with uh, in greensboro <laughs> north carolina the guy marty Cotis, who brought in you know bella fame went out there but there's like there's an incredible artists. i mean uh Ad nate from and and actually I mr met him june when I, went I think to, believe,
2: did a piece for them recently yeah, right and then yeah. um
0: what's his name um the uh, from England does kind of lightscapes of reflections Shock? in the water. No, no. Um, it's more like a city sc- scene, but it's oh, reflected oh, oh, in the water. Kitchener, yeah, Kitchener, Dan Kitchener, um, it, just amazing things there. That I think there's more and more. I think this the, the whole you know idea for better or worse. I don't know if you know oh, for, for the better. street art be- becoming. I mean, for me, yes, uh, and I think that. You, if, whether it's more of a gentrifying kind of thing or not, <sighs> I still appreciate the art everywhere. But so, if every yeah. building
2: you know. in the world has art on it, then it can't be gentrified anymore, and it just <laughs> is what it is. So <laughs> yeah. we just there need to cover every single building. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. When when we're yeah. all the same yeah. shade of tan, then we'll yeah. just figure out some other reason to hate each other.
3: <laughs> I just feel like, because um, I said, you know, my my family always appreciated art, so I was really lucky to grow up with a lot of art in my house. Um, and it was like, you know, when I was pretty young and I realized that most people don't have that and, um, the so mural did, on your block might be like the first awesome piece of art in your life or the piece that shows you, inspired not you. just like I can make art, but like I could do anything or, you know, I can feel really proud of this place I live. I, this is something totally. I have a, a relationship with. I was like staring at my mom's painting that has been above her chair my whole life. And I was just thinking about how cool it is to have relationships with uh, paintings and pieces of art. And I think that's something street art does for a lot of people. Um, and usually, like you said, you know, the millionaire trying to bring art to his hometown, I feel right. like that usually takes the form of like a museum. But not everyone feels welcome in a museum or even like considers that as a thing to go do. So that's to true. spend your money just bringing street art to a town you care about mm-hmm. is such an awesome way of engaging people.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about something you're preparing for now, an upcoming solo... Uh, Three-person show. Four-person Four show. Four-person show. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about that, please.
3: So um, on the evening of February 28th, it's a Thursday, and the whole day and evening of Friday, March 1st, I will be hosting a pop-up show um, with myself, Grace Lang, Graham Yarrington, uh, Ian Ferguson, and Dima Drujan. We're all Brooklyn-based artists. And I actually met all of those people through the Cotton Candy Machine. Hmm. So um, it is kind of like a, a reunion of sorts. Um And the project came about because I was just feeling like I didn't have any plans with any galleries for the future, and I was feeling a little discouraged by that. And I was like, why don't I just take the same attitude that people take to pop-up shows or to art fairs and just rent a space for a night and um, hopefully make back that money through art sales. And I figured with doing it with a couple friends that make really cool work that vibes with mine, we could get a very cool combined crew, because we have crossover, but we also all have our own audiences. Um, and I thought it would just be a fun thing to get me going and hopefully get my work out there again. I've, and I, we decided Manhattan just because, I mean, it's Manhattan. It's like, and I figured we could get some cool people that are just walking around in the area to come Oh, that's in, a great space. There's a folks. lot. Yeah, 198 a, Allen Street. Yeah. Um, so it's in the Lower East Side. It's a great space. Just these big, like, garage glass, uh, doors, so we're really looking forward to it. And the show is called, called Terrifying Feelings. So we're all going to be exploring our inner selves. And, and uh, yeah, each of us have a kind of narrative, illustrative style, uh, a little dark, a little cheeky. So, yeah, that's nice. what we're excited about. End of February. Come on in. Mr.
1: Dominé. please tell us about one of your terrifying feelings.
3: Is it wearing pants? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it is, in fact, wearing pants.
0: Ah, uh, Gosh. Do I even have any terrifying feelings? Everybody um, does. I actually, uh, I I love swimming, and I've been a swimmer all my life. But I actually would, uh, I'm I'm terrified of a glass. You know, sometimes I imagine when I'm like swimming underwater and I'm going for, uh, and I come up that there would be a glass on the ah, top, that's and just terrifying. being like stuck. So that I, for me, I think I'm not actually scared of drowning. It's just the lack of uh, being able ice. to, yeah. See, yeah. I'm going
1: to make it one level worse. I, I don't get, I, I'm never scared. I'm a confident swimmer. I'm not scared about drowning when I choose to go swimming. I'm scared of my house just all of a sudden flooding too fast for me to get out of it. And oh but no, like I'm in a room. so fast. How do you open? No, no, we're open. filled with water. How do you open up a door oh, when the whole well, room like is like the car, with water? the mm.
2: car plunging into the lake. And if you don't yeah, get totally. the window open, right. you're not you're getting not, out. It no. doesn't matter if you you're can dead. swim
3: or not.
1: So, yes, terrifying feelings. Thank you very much for taking us down that weird road.
3: Yeah. I'm going to have nightmares tonight now. My dad has the irrational fear of... Like dislocating his kneecap on a hubcap of a car. I'm Like that's you can avoid that. Yeah. so Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, that is so specific. <laughs> that so is, random. Yeah. Right. There's just no way that's gonna happen. Does he go around
2: like banging them? No, with and his, his knees, knees are higher than your
3: average <laughs> ca- hubcap. Anyway, like, I don't know. I mean, imagine if it your
1: ever mon- happens, you're gonna get the I'm only exactly.
2: look. My eyes are bleeding.
3: Exactly.
2: I'm imagining this random like Monty Python skit with some dude He's, walking down exactly. the street banging his knees. He's like,
3: ah, that's yeah, awesome. <laughs> and Rational. that's why I
1: asked about Irrational Fears. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> so are they all solo pieces or any collabs between you We're artists? We're
3: hoping to do one collab because that would be awesome. Um, and maybe a little bit of painting on the walls and accents and stuff like that. Um, but again, the other artists are Graham Yarrington, Ian Ferguson, and Dima Drujan. All really cool guys. Where are they from? Um, They are all Brooklyn-based right now. Dima is... Uh, has been in New York a long time, originally from Russia. Ian is West Coast, but lives in Brooklyn. And Graham is from upstate New York and lives in Brooklyn as well.
1: So you play well with others?
3: I try. Is yeah. it easy,
1: or do you have to fake it sometimes?
3: Sometimes you have to fake it, but that's okay. Sometimes faking it, and then it becomes real, you know? Um,
1: I think all the best not relationships... Not in this case, though.
3: These are, peop- these are like buddies of mine, so that's sort of All the best relationships
1: Graham. start off with, oh, I hated you when I first met you. That's true. <laughs> I thought you were such a dick. That is so born. funny. Yeah, Romero and
3: I used to say really vile things to each other. Oh, and after a while, we were like, "Oh, I think we like each other."
0: That reminds That's me why. of a story, and actually, a, a swimming story, in fact. But it was in before going into sixth grade, and uh, at the local pool, we I was just swimming around, and I had you know, I had these kind of big, they look like bumblebee goggles because, and I, I kind of liked them because they were perfectly fitted on my head, but they made me look like a total tool. So, but I was, anyways, I saw these kids playing, um, playing Marco Polo. And I was, I went up to to this one girl and I said, Hey, can I play? And her brother was behind her. going, No, no. Like waving his hands. No, no. He's, he's weird. You know? And I was like, and then I was like kind of mortified because I was like, nobody's ever told me like no I've always been so friendly with people and then uh then I went I was in line for the next school year and I see behind me these two new kids who transferred from the other school well they were the kids who were um making you know didn't want to befriend me in this pool or whatever and so then I I, you know proceeded to tell everyone not to be friends with them but as it turns out we became best friends so uh that was kind of a long story for that but sorry you won't get those three minutes back (laughs) sorry
2: (laughs) Was it three minutes? I don't know. I'm sorry.
0: I know. Sorry. So
1: moral I, of the story, be I nice. The
2: seasons, I yeah. think the trees are butting out. Oh Do you God. see the leaves?
1: I've got to keep it short. Sorry. So, so listeners, if I can recap quick, uh, I think the moral of the story is be nice at the pool while you're wearing weird bee goggles or else you'll stub your knee and dislocate it on a hubcap. I think you yes. got it. Yes. That works. It. Yes. Hashtag nailed
3: it. And we're making art all about that very concept for the exactly. next show. To bring it back. Sounds Perfect. Like
2: So the question we ask, if you could do any of your dream collaborations, also another question, since you said you're so into, um, literature and writing and you, you brought up fantasy fiction, which is mine. Um, is there a single author that you would love to be asked to illustrate? Philip Pullman, um.
3: Yeah, the the His Dark Materials series has been very, very important. My, Lord of the Rings was the initial important thing in my life because my dad forced that upon us, um, which is great. It's the best, but I mean, he made sure all of his children. Really there, there. Knew well, Tolkien. there are certain things my father yeah. did the same. Um, are you in Highland? Like the Minds of Mori. I have my dad doing yeah. boom, boom, like the voice. Yep. It's in my head. <laughs> but um, st- I got into Philip Pullman when yep. I was in elementary school, and the concept of of um, Damon's and having a soul partner that took animal form has just always been like, God damn it! I want wine. Where's mine? Yeah, so he, I think he's just a phenomenal. Right? Are
1: you as annoyed that I am that they didn't bring Tom Bombadil to the movies? I actually was pretty he was my frustrated about that because character I character in I, the whole series. See, yeah, and
3: I wanted to see uh, Buttercup as well because as a kid I was like, she's so great. Yeah, and I thought they spent a lot of time on Radagast, so like they could have definitely done some of that energy on Tom see, Bombadil. I, I
1: wanted Bombadil because he was just so boastful. A he was so he was a braggart. He was he was like me. I'm like oh, yeah. I can't wait for this guy to get in the movies, and it never did.
3: I actually got to meet Peter Jackson pretty recently, and I was like thought I was being really cool because I was like, you know, my dad took me out early from school to go to, to see everyone as they came out in theaters, and he was like, oh, I bet you lost some of your smarts because of that yes yes but um yeah so nice. philip pullman um although the actual biggest disappointment of my entire young life was the film adaptation of the golden compass because yeah. i legitimately waited over 10 years for it to happen and it was just so dreadful. But BBC is doing a mini series. So See, I'm very lucky that. that my
2: favorite books have never been made into movies yet, because they would have destroyed them.
3: It's it's yeah, it's a, it's a weird world. Um, yeah, you can't please everybody. But it's like there's well, about... it took
2: us a long time to get to the Lord of Rings, where they actually it, could yeah, do an exactly, adaptation exactly. that came close.
1: It's about to get even weirder. You ready? Yes. This is how we make it weird. Hey, John, what's your favorite book?
2: Uh, my favorite book. Oh, well, actually.
0: You probably haven't heard of it. It's uh, called the Rayathu by a Storm cookie? Constantine. Say again. You know what? The Rayathu, W R A E T T H uh, U. Sounds like fiction. It, no, it's, it's sci-fi. It's about it's about people being actually they have multiple sexes, like uh, but they can morph in between both. And then there's I don't know. It's uh, that and Calendar also by Storm Storm, Con- Constantine. Storm Storm Constantine. Storm Constantine. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of a like there's some real world kind of. Parts of it, but it's very fantasy. You like dystopian future stuff? No, I don't. This is what's really. Re- I also mm. like another one called um "The Man Who Fell in Love with the Moon." Um, I know that one. Cool. And I don't know who wrote that. But anyway, you go, soul listeners, See, look up those here, books. So I do I, read something. Books, <laughs> I
2: honestly thought it was "If You Give a Mouse a Cookie." Oh, oh
0: great! I used great to be one. a kindergarten teacher. That's why she brings that's, this up. Exactly. Like this. Oh, that's Yes. Aww, you. Oh Mercy you <laughs> Oh you have you. such eyes you great teacher. Oh you, you're oh, you. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> so sweet.
2: Aww. Oh
0: you I'm blushing if you can't see this at home. Yeah, so. <laughs> you should be able to hear it.
1: So Grace, uh, let's look a little bit past the silliness of John's reading list for a second and look past your show. Give me something that you haven't done before that you're gonna do this year. Something that you've wanted to.
3: Um, gosh that is hard Uh, well you know it's not something I've never done but it's been a very long time since I've taken any figure drawing classes Um, you know you had to do it in college but like I said I realized I wasn't great at realism and then kind of avoided that and now I'm feeling like regardless of how realistic my personal work is going to be I think there's some skills I need to brush up on so I'd like to do some some an- some uh, anatomy classes and some some drawing. So if you do a figure stuff. drawing
0: class, do you have to do it in a realistic form? I I don't know. Like I'm thinking. No, you, you know, can do you whatever
3: could... you want. A lot of it's really gestural too. Um, okay. But even that, it's like not necessarily that I need to learn realism. But I feel like I can stand to get better with my understanding right. of sure. the human form, even if I'm distorting it. It's mm-hmm. like.
2: You it's know. still, it's still training your eye to look at lines yeah, and interpret definitely. them, even if you're making your own interpretation. Right.
3: Yeah. And just like any reason I leave the house to yeah. get out of the studio and interact with other artists mm. is a good, good thing to do. Because you can get very, very stuck inside.
1: So figure drawing, a little bit of 101. Well, we'll, we'll maybe. Or just maybe up some on of the those basics. figure
3: drawing nights with friends. I know
2: Mark, always Mark Evans. Uh, from Maniac, Maniac Pumpkins. Pumpkins. He always posts every week that he goes to one in Greenpoint. And oh, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Greenpoint yeah, figure. And he, so I mean, I'll his drawings that. are always amazing anyway. His Subway series. Yeah. His little sketches are just like off the charts. Um, but I know there's several around. Yeah. And there's what the classic one is it in Chelsea or whatever that people have been going to for years and years at the Art League?
3: Oh, yeah. And there's the Grand Central
2: yeah. Art Academy. Or I know there's several. I mean, there's some that have been going on for yeah. like 40 years and people will go to them and you'll have random housewives and classically trained artists and professors from NYU. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, no, no. Let's go.
0: I'm not here. But you are. This week. Week. Oh, <laughs> uh, you are no, here. I was just saying uh, the Art Students League.
2: Yeah. Right. Thank you. That's what, yeah. I know that they have one of the long running figure drawing classes.
0: That
1: was unnamed artist in the room?
2: Unnamed. <laughs> like yes. ghost
1: in room. <coughs> anybody have any questions for Grace before we
0: start to wrap it up? All right, Grace. Why
1: oh, don't wait, you didn't ask,
0: ask th- the you didn't ask the question about who she. Oh,
2: oh, I did, but I didn't ask about who you'd like to collaborate as far as artists living and dead. Mm. Oh, um, anybody on the wish list that you would revive just so that you could paint with? Uh,
3: well, I. I mean. I would probably say Hieronymus Bosch, but, man, it's like, it's like when you're into a band that no one knew about and then everyone got into it. Everyone's so into Hans Bosch these days. It's great, because he's amazing. Um, uh, I really like Gregory Jacobson's work a lot. If, I mean, if not collaborate, like people I'd like to sit in and watch them paint. Christian Rex Van Meinen, watch him paint for a while. Um, yeah, I think, I think those guys.
1: Do you listen to music while you paint?
3: Yeah, I do. Uh, what I do you listen like? to a band I've been listening to a lot lately. is called Church of Misery. It's a Japanese metal band, and all their songs are about American serial killers. <laughs> 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 but it's, it's actually really good. Um, I like metal or like grunge, Nirvana, meat puppets. Um, and I listen to audiobooks, like really cheesy thrillers, murder mysteries.
1: Big James Patterson fan?
3: I actually haven't listened to any James Patterson. It's like a lot of like Tammy Hoag and some Dean Koontz, you know, <laughs> the classics.
1: My grandmother was the only Agatha Christie fan. Oh. She had every single book. I can still, That's I, amazing. I, I I'm can on, smell my grandmother's yeah. perfume as I say Agatha, Agatha Christie because it reminds me that, that, that directly, wow. those old, those old, uh, all the paperbacks. Yeah,
2: And then there were none. My so, mother had them. I actually have her collection in storage in New Mexico somewhere.
0: And just one more off-color thing, since that's what I kind of do. Um, but I, so I, I, I actually thought Grace was—I uh, thought you were Asian when I, but when I not only saw your work but also with your name. Grace Lang. No, I don't think it's inappropriate to say no. Well, Grace that, like, Lang is I, an Asian name yeah, in yeah, some parts true. of the world. And, no, I, I mean, yeah. and, and there are some a whole the lot of Asian has, women
2: named Grace. I don't I mean, think that's true. People always think, Oh
0: you, you think this artist is this way and I'm like, Well I just you know, with it anyone you create an image yeah. of some of an artist, I do, <laughs> and sometimes I'm surprised by who I see. And uh, not that there was anything negative about it, about it by you being Asian, because you're giving me a look like that was a bad thing for me to think. But
3: <laughs> No, you're not the only one. I, I took Mandarin Thank lessons you. for a while, and when I met see, up with no, my teacher after emailing, he was like, oh, I thought you were a Chinese girl. So Lang and like, oh, like uh, right. in Chinese would be wolf. that's
2: pretty. Normal. And even Grace is a common name. Well, yeah, Grace is a very common name. as a kid, name. people
3: were like, oh, that sounds Asian. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I think you know.
1: it's okay to have the thought in your head like, huh. I thought she was Asian, but you don't say it, and that's that. That's all I'm saying. It's just—it's not a common thing to say that you made a goofy mistake in your head and you thought that the person was Asian. You know, we have to name. give him
2: props for being able to admit the kind of mistakes he makes because most the, of us none don't. None
0: of it is, me, is meant in any sort of negative way. So oh, I think oh. as long as it—or uh, am I wrong in thinking that? It's not negative. It's just a little Siri. But I and but I like on. to put it. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, I had to add one more off-color thing before we ended this, so there you go. All right,
1: Grace, why don't you please tell our listeners and your new fans where they can find you, find your work online, and hopefully donate to the cause.
3: Hi. Okay. Um, My name is Grace Lang. My website is gruseling.com. That's G-R-O-O-S-E-L-I-N-G. My Instagram is at gruseling, spelled the same way. Um, And you can always email me, lang.grace at gmail.com, about available work and projects and all sorts of stuff. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been rad.
0: Thank you.
1: No, thank, thank you, you for, for coming. coming in. We are sold out with Grace Lang. Woo.